Hello and welcome to Modern Homemakers. I'm here with Donna Otto, author of Finding a Mentor, Being a Mentor, and she's going to talk to us about mentoring in just a minute. But I would like to encourage you, if you've been listening to the podcast, if this is your first time or your 15th time, to go and subscribe on our website. And extra bonus right now, if you do subscribe and you give us your address and the name of somebody you're mentoring, the first 20 people will receive a free copy of Finding a Mentor, Being a Mentor. So um, we hope you go there. It's through the Connect tab on the website. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say to us today, oh, Donna. Thank you so much. More about mentoring. I, I realize that that I could talk about this for a very long time. I absolutely was changed by it myself. And uh, I'm also recognizing over the years that uh, women I have known and groups we have begun through the Mentors for Mothers program have been changed by it also. So thank you. Um, that's very good. And I want to add to what or not add, but affirm what Leah is saying. We, we'd love for you to subscribe, but you have to subscribe to enter into the... Giveaway. Giveaway. I can't remember that word. And we want the name of the person, just the first name. We're not sending in them anything. We're just going to send... We just want somebody to show us a name. I'm talking to some young women about this here in our city, and the questions were very strong about it not being the kind of thing that someone knocks on the door someone else and says here i am your mentor that, that's that's not it at all the scripture is very clear um, about what our position is and i gave a lot of passages last time we were together regarding the notion of mentoring and what god says about community and relationships and spiritual practices of it but when this work began it came straight out of the Titus 2 passage which is very familiar to you if you have been in the church for a very long time uh, you've heard it before you've read it before you've heard a sermon on it or a story about it but it's Titus chapter 2 remember that Titus is Timothy's mentee. Titus was the young man that Timothy looked over and felt responsible for. And when Titus got in trouble in this church that he was pastoring, he wrote Timothy. And he basically said, this is my problem. I have a bunch of older women. They are sitting around, their marriages are solid and older. Their children are basically grown and gone or going. And they are sitting around in the afternoon drinking too much wine and gossiping. What shall I do? <laughs> I thought of that so many times. Like, what would I say if somebody, it would not be the wisdom that Titus receives from Timothy. Although I would say that now because I have it before me. But what a daunting question. So Timothy replies, chapter 2, But as for you, teach what is consistent with sound doctrine. Tell the older men 
to be temperate, serious, prudent, sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Likewise, tell the older women to be reverent in their behavior, not to be slanderers or slaves to drink. They are to teach what is good, so they may encourage the young women, and here it begins, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, chaste, good managers of the household, kind, being submissive to their husbands, so the word of God may not be discredited. And it's not in this Bible because it was a different Bible that I was using. But when those young women asked me if I would mentor them, I thought, what in heavens will I do with them after the Lord had convinced me a year later that I should say yes to this? And I opened and read this. And to this day, this has only happened to me twice in my lifetime, it was in neon yellow, just like flashing neon yellow. And I wrote next to it four words. Woman, because he tells her to not be irreverent, not to be a slanderer, not to be slave to drink. Uh, Wife, that she is to um, be a lover of her husband and to be submissive. And the word submissive is a strong word there, but it means to be in unison with your husband, and that's a two-sided street. Mothers, it says that they, to have self-controlled children, to love their children. I only had one child, and I can tell you there were times it was very hard to love that child. Timothy knows what he's talking about when he tells these women to help young women understand how to love their children. And lastly, to take care of their households, to be good managers of their household. And those four words are written in that Bible, not in neon, (laughs) but it began what is homemakers today. And I have been teaching the same subjects right out of the word for all these years. So who you are as a woman, who you are as a wife, who you are as a mother, and who you are as a homemaker. A couple of Weeks ago, we talked about organizing our household. We're talking about mentoring in this series out of the book, which I wrote. And I want to say that there's a guide in there that will help you mentor someone. It will give you clear directions as to what to do and what to do next in 30 individual visits with someone maybe you've never met before or someone you know but want to get in a very uh, efficient and well-planned relationship. So basically what I want to talk about today are three things. There's a cultural crisis, there's a biblical crisis, and there are practices of mentoring, okay? The cultural crisis, Francis Schaeffer, who was a philosopher turned follower of Christ, now gone maybe 25 or 30 years, he said these powerful words, I've never forgotten them, the spirit of the age seeps into the church. The spirit of the age. What is the spirit of the age? I think your definition would probably be different than mine. But the spirit of every age has not been first the spirit of Christ. And it is in Christ's plan that he has given permission for the evil spirit to have some 
power on this earth. He does have power on this earth. Not all power, not conquering and victorious power, but he does have power. And if you're like I am, I know when he is seeking to devour me. He is not just nipping at my fingernails. He is seeking to devour me. And the spirit of the age, that spirit of being devoured by the evil one's ideas and suggestions seeps into the church. Well, how does that happen? Well, we become people who are informed by the world before they're informed by God. The second is a biblical crisis. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to turn there because I only have part of the passage in front of me. So if you can hear my flipping of pages, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, um, the Spirit of the Lord uh, is written on my heart. Let me see this. He says, uh, you yourselves, Paul is writing this, and so he says to them, are, here, are we here beginning to commend ourselves again? Surely we do not need as some letters of recommendation. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter of Christ prepared by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stones, but on tablets of the human heart. Pause there for a moment. Is there someone who's written on your heart? Have you written on someone's heart? Now, I want to tell you that when I first began doing this, I took that very too seriously. I will never forget my husband saying to me, Honey, I know that she's a daughter of your heart, that you are in a mentoring relationship with her, but everything she does wrong is not because you didn't teach her right. <laughs> and I wasn't taking any credit for the good things. I was easy to say, oh, thank you, Jesus, and affirm her with it. But when she did something that she wished she hadn't done, I always wanted to say, oh, if I had only. No, that's not what this is about. Writing on someone's heart is having a relationship with them. And I think the cultural crisis has a lot to do with the absence of relationships. It's very hard work. Of all the work that I do in my life, hard physical work, taking care of a home, planting in the garden, writing books, speaking, traveling, of all the hard work that I do, there is no harder work than the work of engaging in relationships. You know why? They're two people. And those people don't, they're not always in agreement. And then you always have to keep working on getting to be in agreement. And in some situations, you're not in charge. In some situations, there's someone else who is in charge. And what we really want to do is cut, bait, and run, get out of there. But I assure you, if you leave that situation, you'll only run into another one someplace else. So the cultural crisis, the spirit of the age that's seeping into the church is, is saying, don't get involved, don't get engaged. Second thing they're saying is, this has been a hard time for the church. I had someone very near and dear to me saying, I don't know if I'll ever darken the door of another church again. Now, I can't do anything about that, but I, I can pray, of course. 
But I do understand, in part, the woundedness. And a lot of it had to do with the COVID situations where people were not understanding about a difference of opinion. Some didn't want the church to be open. Some wanted to sit next to everybody and hug and kiss. Those were the extremities, of course. But the church is um, suffering, and we're suffering because we've been apart and where there's an absence of relationships. And lastly, the practices of mentoring. Uh, The practices of mentoring are through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit. When Evelyn Thorne, who is now at home in heaven, uh, had young children, uh, they grew up, and two of them went away to do mission work in another country. And I'll never forget she used those words. I said, oh, my goodness, it must be so hard. They're leaving the continent. And she looked at me just as crisp. She'd obviously given it quite thought. Through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit, I have complete access to my children's heart. So mamas who are thinking about this end of year, school year, and what's the next one going to look like, and maybe someone in your house is going off to college next year or getting married or moving someplace else or traveling to a foreign land. For the Peace Corps, I met someone the other day who's doing that. Remember that through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit, you have complete access to their hearts. So how does this mentoring happen? Well, I think it happens in what we call the mentoring hearts, the classroom of the heart, the daughter of the heart, It's written on tablets of the heart, with water of the heart, which are tears, and refreshment of the heart, which are things that we can do and can give to those who are um, entering into a mentoring relationship with us. I think my auto definition would be that you're giving your life perspective away. As a mentor, what you are doing is giving your life perspective away. Now, I've had a lot of young women who've written me and read my books, who've called me, who listen to these podcasts, and call me and want me to mentor them. But I have some um, definite ideas about it, personal ideas about it. I do do some, I do do some mentoring I'm able to do via phone because I've had relationships with these people and they left my physical community but not left my heart community. But I realize that when someone asks me to mentor them, what they really have done, I believe, is they've looked at my life and they found some things that they, attributes that they would like to have in their life. And then they say, will you mentor me? For me, that means, will I give my life perspective away to someone? I can tell you that as a younger woman, I did not want to do that. I was working through a lot of that stuff still myself, as I still am today. Of course, I've learned now that there's no bottom line. There's never a bottom line. There won't be a bottom line till I take my last breath. But my life perspective of what it is today is different than what it was 25 years ago. When I looked at my own life, there were wonderful women Mrs. Robinson, who was my Sunday school teacher, Mrs. Rubel, who was my first boss, Mrs. Stromberg, who was my mother's next-door neighbor and probably her only friend, my Aunt Pat, Elizabeth Elliot, oh, Dee Dee Foss, 
Evelyn Thorne, Evelyn Christensen, Kay Arthur, Emily Barnes, so many wonderful women who are known to the world have been known to my heart, and I have learned from them. I have been encouraged by them. My Aunt Pat was the person who I went to whenever I had a question. My mom always had a hard time answering my questions. Maybe I had questions that were too difficult, but they were my questions, and my Aunt Pat was always available. My mom and dad were divorced when I was a young teenager, and so they were never at home. My father was gone. My mother was working, so my Aunt Pat began being the person who helped me the most. I think they say the big yes. When you ask someone, will you mentor me? And the passage is very clear out of Titus that we are to give our perspective away to someone. Be the initiator. I hope you don't miss that. Don't worry about what someone thinks. Hey, do you want to have a cup of coffee? Hey, do you want to have lunch? Hey, do you want to stop by the house? Hey, you want to take a walk together? Hey, whatever. And after you've done that for a few times and you feel like this is a person you feel called to engage with, then pose the question, could we spend some regular time together looking at life through the filter of God's eyes? You don't have to get a book. You don't have to start a study. You don't have to memorize passages. You just have to walk through life and be relational together. You're not some young woman's babysitter. Uh, she can't call you up and say, will you watch the kids all Friday night and overnight and all day Saturday? That's not what your job is, to tell her to find a babysitter. Now, maybe you want to do that from time to time to get to know their children. I can tell you that I never have had a young woman in my life whose family I didn't get to know. Now, that's Donna Otto life perspective. And that is, if I love you, period. If I love you, I'm engaged with you in life, then I am going to love who you love. That's your husband. That's your children. That's how you love God. I'm going to do that because I don't think I can love you apart from that because that's who you are. So you'll want to get to know them. Uh, but this cultural crisis that we're living through right now is the standard of the fact that we are we're doing other things. 38 million baby boomer women were raised with the first TV generation. They're the first latchkey generations. And then we have 76 million Gen Xers and millennials who are looking for friends, looking for relationships. And they're not really looking for someone to mentor them as much as they're looking for relationships. And I think there's a key in there in that in the baby boomer era, we had friends. Friendships were not hard. There's a lot of time in between. There was time at school and time after school and time on the weekends and time at night. And we lived in neighborhoods and communities. That was sort of a given. Our society is different. Uh, the danger levels are different. Uh, we don't all live in the same neighborhoods. As, so it is harder for them. I, I, wanna, I want us to see that and not blame them for it. But that doesn't stop you from picking up the phone and trying to change uh, a relationship you might have with someone in your neighborhood, in your churchhood, someplace in your life. Uh, this notion of watching you, I'll never forget the first time a woman said that to me. 
I, I can still feel. She said, I've been watching you. And it was in Sunday morning, church time, middle aisle of the church. And you know the first thing I thought? She saw me fall asleep, A, or B, she saw me making my market list. And I thought, this is it. I, she's been watching me and she's going to come and critique me. Now, I was still so full of shame in those days. And I, was, I still do dumb things like that, but I don't let them bother me as, as they did in those days. But she said, following that, I'd like to know some of the ways you live your life. Just, that was a very good question because she just wanted to know basically my answer, which is I'll give you my life perspective. You don't have to take it. You don't have to keep it. Uh, so women are watching you. I just want you to know that. Uh, Lee and I were talking about this before we began this show or last show. Um, how do you find a, mm. someone to mentor Oh, that's not at all a hard question. Look around you and you'll find them. Uh, it's harder. It's harder. I will admit, if you're not in a, in a church environment, if you're not in a neighborhood environment, but all of us have people who are looking at us. They are watching what we're doing. Sometimes I want to ask the question, so what do they see? Do they see biblical calm? Do they see truths that we see here in the scripture about mentoring relationships? Do they understand what the mentoring relationship looks like? I'll never forget when this book came out, a pastor who called me and was very upset. Actually, I had many pastors who wrote or called because the word mentor is not in the Bible. And I thought, oh, no, I don't think it is. But there are myriads of places and relationships Moses and Joshua and Eli and Samuel and David and Nathan, even though that was a Jonathan relationship, was a friendship relation, Elijah and Elisha, Barnabas and John Mark, Paul and Timothy and Timothy and Titus and Onesimus and Philemon. I mean, Jesus discipled uh, those many 12 disciples, but so many more. So in the years of mentoring in all of the groups, I have wandered through, wandered through the reasons why a scripture doesn't use the word mentoring, but it calls us to see exactly what a mentor looks like, calls us to imitate him. Paul himself says, uh, imitate me, follow me in the ways that I have followed Christ. Second um, Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, and we read that a little bit ago. And then Mark 3 says, who are my brothers? Um, Eugene Peterson uh, talks in that passage in his translation, the message, those who are thicker than blood. So I ask you the question, is your sister or your brother not very close to you? But is there a sister or a brother who is thicker than blood? Mm-hmm most of us would say yes to that. Most of us would say yes to that. So these are biblical concepts that we come away with and we believe that they are the reasons why God has called us to be reverent, to not be slanderers or gossipers, to not be enslaved to too much wine, to be sensible and pure, to love your husband and your children, to manage your own home, and to have a passion for the next generation to follow. So today we're going to end 
with this not finishing the lesson and we'll finish it the next time we're together we'll talk about practices of mentoring but for today i want you to be mindful of the fact that someone is watching you and all they're asking for is for you to give your life perspective away to them they're not asking you to, to do something perfect they're not asking you to go out and learn something they're asking you to give your perspective how you do life why you do life the way you do and i hope that you will say yes if someone asks but more than that i hope that you will knock on the door of someone's home and someone's heart and ask them if you can mentor them hmm. giving away your own perspective or hopefully the lord's perspective in your life sometimes we give away our own perspective a little too easily maybe. <laughs> your life perspective my not, life not the life perspective exactly yes um so once again if you would like to enter the giveaway for receiving this book finding a mentor and being a mentor you're going to go to modernhomemakers.org on the connect tab so not the simple subscribe button but you have to go through the connect tab you will enter your name enter your email in the subject line Put finding a mentor and in the message box if you give us your home address as well as the first name of the person that you are or plan on mentoring and if you're one of the first of the 20 we'll send you a book if you're number 21 you can buy the book on the website <laughs> so uh remember oh. <laughs> that'd be i'm glad i'm not doing that part <laughs> Uh, so we are Modern Homemakers, and remember, it's the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make today uncommon um, by sharing your life perspective with someone. <laughs>